Hey guys, it's Ash here. Now today's guest is Christy Marble, current Chief Marketing Officer at Pantheon Platform and former Chief Marketing Officer at SAP Concur. You'll want to stick around today to listen about Christy's experience being discouraged by an executive during her first job out of college, how the women around her made such a huge impact on her career success, and ultimately what led her to having a wildly successful career as a marketer. So Christy grew up on the San Juan Island, a very small community of people in a town that actually had no streetlights. I grew up on San Juan Island, which is the, the county seat. It's not the biggest island, but it's the county seat. Um, San Juan Island is, is in Washington State in the, in the Puget Sound in between the mainland is what you call it if you live on an island. And uh, so the mainland being, being the main part of Washington State and Vancouver Island, so Canada. And uh, it's a two hour, when I was growing up, it was a two hour ferry ride. And you sit in the ferry line um, for usually a couple hours waiting for the ferry and, uh, and and you cross to the island. And so once you get on the island, um, there's, you know, there's stores, there's no lights, there's no street lights. Um, it's, it's a small town with a main street and uh, uh, little, literally farmers sell their food um, at a farmer's market that, that's grown on the island. And uh, it is really, um, I guess, small town Americana. My dad was a commercial fisherman. And so we, we lived on the island and um, my, my high school graduating class had 35 people in it. When you kind of reflect on, on your life as, as a kid, like growing up, maybe till you were 18 or so, within, within like the first 18 years of your life, who do you feel like played a big role in shaping your life principles if there was one person? Definitely my mom. When you say you're going to do something, another thing too, when you say you're going to do something, do it. Um, those are definitely two things that, that my mom was, uh, even from the time we were little kids that was that was something that was important to my mom and uh and it's definitely important to me as well so after college christy got her first job at the wall street journal in advertising she eventually wanted to go to graduate school so she chose a company that would support that in the future now during her time at the wall street journal one male executive at the company discouraged her from attending graduate school feeling a little unsure christy turned to her mentors and colleagues at work who were women that's when she learned the importance of having peers at work who are eager to help you. When I was when I was graduating from school, there was um, there was a small smallish company that my dad had a cousin or someone I was working at that turns out to be Microsoft. Um, but I didn't want to work somewhere that uh, you know want to come home and and work kind of somewhere that my dad knew somewhere. I wanted to kind of try to break make it out on my own. That's how I ended up at the at the Wall Street Journal. I was I remember one of my girlfriends would say from. My school would say that she came down to visit me and we drove down Wilshire Boulevard in LA and looked at this building. From her memory, it was like, we looked at this building. I was like, I want to work in a big building like that. And uh, and that's what I ended up, you can think, coming from this really small town, island place that I want to work in a really big, um, big, big uh, skyscraper in uh, in the LA area. And that's, that's what I did. I was fortunate to land at the Wall Street Journal, um, you know, Dow Jones. It doesn't get any more kind of big and stable than that, uh, especially... Uh, back then. And, um, I remember my first day going to work. I, um, I went in really early, so early. In fact, it was too early to kind of go upstairs in the elevator. So I just kind of laid back in my car and took a little nap, so to speak. Um, and ironically the HR person, I think saw me, she parked near me 
And so when I came up to start my job, she'd ask, she asked me like, are you, I, I saw you in your car. Are you like feeling okay? And I said, no, I was just really early. So I decided just, just to wait there. So on my first day, that was my, and honestly, I, I think I probably was feeling a little queasy because I was nervous, you know, it was my ner- nervous, my first day going to work. But, uh, but that was kind of the, that was kind of the first thing of the small town girl going, going to work in the big skyscraper, at, uh, selling, selling advertising. I was actually an assistant uh, working at the Wall Street Journal for people who were selling advertising. That was really the start. It was back when the Wall Street Journal was all in black and white. If you ever, if you remember, they, they there was no, there wasn't online at that time. And the, the pictures in the Wall Street Journal with dots, they were drawn with dots. So I had the opportunity to work with some, some great people. In fact, some that's where I, I first learned um, how important a tribe is and how important it is for other women to uh, really give you a, a leg up in your career because that really, I'm so, so fortunate to have had those amazing women that I worked with at the Wall Street Journal. I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't remember. I, I, I never lived in a world with no internet. So I don't, when you say, oh, like you know, the dots, I, was, I, I, was, I don't want to pretend like I know, so I don't know. <laughs> What that's like. <laughs> you can go look back in the archives yeah, and see yeah. the way the Wall Street Journal used to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's funny. <laughs> um, I guess what was like your what were like your first like what was your first biggest learning lesson? One of the reasons I chose the Wall Street Journal is because I knew I wanted to go to graduate school. At the time, I thought I might want to go to law school. I wasn't sure. I wanted to figure out what I want to do, but I knew that that was something that I was I was driven to do. So I was at the Wall Street Journal. I'd been there for I think maybe a year and a half, and I felt like I had my legs under me. I knew what I was doing. I could pick up extra thing. I could see things that need to be done, take them on. So I decided, oh, I want to go to graduate school. Let me figure out how to do this. And it was one of their benefits. One of their advertised benefits was that that they'll help pay for your, um, your education. And so, so I went to my manager to find out how to go, go about getting my, um, my graduate degree. And he referred me to a vice president, which was a big deal. You know, I was, I was in my early twenties meeting the vice president who used to come into camp in New York, you know, maybe once a year. So I, I remember meeting with him and he gave me some books, a list of books that I should read. And he said, I didn't need to get my, uh, my graduate degree because here's some good business books that I could read, and that would be just as good. So I didn't understand why. It, it was quite a disappointment. I knew it wasn't what I was going to do. <laughs> and so I talked to some of these women who I was working with, and I, I shared with them, because they knew, because I talked to them before I was meeting with a VP, and said, oh, I'm meeting with a VP. How should I, you know, I'm sure they helped me. I'm sure they coached me on having that conversation. And um, they were horrified. Horrified. Um, that, that basically I'd been told no and patted on the head and sent on my way. So, so thankfully to them, they, they gave me the confidence that I didn't need to kind of accept that answer. They connected me with someone else who actually gave me an opportunity for a role in a different department here, a woman who was a, who was a leader. I think that was a really important step for me to know that you don't let those hurdles get in your way. You find a way around them and do the right thing by everybody. In fact, I haven't even really talked about, like, I haven't talk, certainly haven't talked about this in a way that, that might be out in the world. So it helped me know how important it is to have those advocates and mentors at work and, and really advocates. Like, that's the difference between a mentor and an advocate. That's, that's the difference between someone who helps you find the next path when, when a door is being shut and they can see your potential and they believe in you. Um, one of them's husband was the bureau chief. And, uh, and she sold advertising, for instance. And, and the, uh, they were successful women in the office. And my, my, um, 
not not so different at the time, but uh, but the boss, <laughs> the head of that office was a man, and uh, and m- most of the people selling advertising were women in this particular department. So so they coached me. I was the junior most person, right? I was I was junior, and I said, oh, I want to get my graduate degree. We talked to each other. We we went to lunches and things, and I said, I want to go to get my degree. How do you think I go about? You know, so I was asking them first, and they said, oh, well, you need to go approach you know, the boss. And then, and so I did that. And then he's the one that referred me to the vice president who held the budget. I, I guess the moral of the story is of what you're trying to say is like, it, it's important to have those advocates around, like the people that, you know, the, the people that were like you were junior to, they were, they were always there and supportive of you and advocating for you in general. And that's, you think that was a huge impact, had a huge impact on your career success. Definitely. Definitely. I, I I still keep in touch with one of them. I mean, it's so it's so powerful. Like the seeds you plant early in your careers, like because it never that relationship never goes away. Like you never forget somebody who helped you or who like you worked with or so. That's just that's very powerful. So after a few years, you decided to leave and then you joined Claritas. At the time, do you remember why you made that decision? Yes, I was actually. Um, I'm starting to look. Uh, Wall Street Journal was a. Um, a union company. And, um, I was, it wasn't, it wasn't common at the time for people to stay late after work or to put it, you people kind of did their job and it was, you know, maybe kind of a lifestyle type of job. You did your job and did the things you like to do after work. And I was early in my career driven, you know, wanting to get my, my graduate degree. So I'd done all sorts of kind of extra work. I would, I'd stay a little bit longer than five, not like late, late, but I, I might stay a little bit longer because I was working on something outside of my job. Like I remember I did a, a new employee handbook because that didn't exist and I was learning. So I felt like I might as well document all that. So that, so the next person coming in could have kind of a, a handbook uh, for it. And so I did stuff like that. And that was unusual. That was kind of abnormal. There was kind of no incentive to do that. And, and in fact they did, like I was incented because I liked thinking that I made a difference for people. And uh, I did hear from someone I work with afterward that they were, um, that they still used it. Like a couple of years later when I was, I ended up talking to one of my friends at lunch and saying, we still use that. In fact, someone's taken it and made it into a more print, you know, ready thing. So, so I, I was rewarded in that way, but I, I was looking at it and it was going to be, you know, someone had to leave before you had your next opportunity. And then when that person left, you'd go into their, their, you know, you might get promoted into their role. And so I, I was ready to kind of try some new things. And um, I started talking to, uh, to, to my friends and to, to actually one of these women who had helped me actually find my way into that role. And um, she had gone to that company. And so I was talking to two companies and she said, oh, come talk to us. We've got this. We, I thought I wanted to go into hospitality. And she said, she said, oh no, we've got this really cool um, role open uh, at our company. Come talk to us. And so I went and talked to them and I really loved it. And I loved the team. And it was in more marketing, you know, more marketing, it was geodemographic, um, uh, information systems and uh, so really at, at the time cutting edge still before the internet <laughs> so um so it, it was exciting and and that's how I ended up coming in so pretty much every single job that I've taken I've been referred in by somebody there's been maybe a few exceptions but of course even the ones that maybe a recruiter reached out to me it was because the recruiter was referred to me by by someone who had worked, um, mm. who had worked just before. Yeah. Well, I just want to like, um, pause in this moment of the story and, and ask you, I mean, because that's fascinating. Like you pretty much never had to like really apply is what you're saying. Like an online application or something for a job. Right. I don't think I have ever 
submitted an online application for a job. I wow. think that would be correct. What do you feel like the reason for that is? Definitely, I ask for help. I, I do ask for help. And, and I definitely learned that. Sometimes I felt like I really need to be able to do it on my own, right? Like that example of, I don't want to go, <laughs> this, this kind of startish, uppish company in the Seattle area, I don't want to go there. If, mm -hmm. if my dad has to reach out to someone in a distant family member and say, don't you forget this, you know, if, for whatever reason, there's that insecurity or that um, the imposter syndrome or whatever it might be, I don't know. I do know one of my... Um, one of the women who was my boss at one point in time, who's, who's definitely in my tribe and one of my, my very favorite friends. I remember her telling me once, let people help you. People want to help you. People like to help you. And that's something that has stuck with me. Humans want to help humans. It's more rare for humans not to want to help other humans than it is for humans to want to help humans. And there's a lot of people who just can't not help if you ask. So there's magic in that, that there really is. So when you can be humble enough maybe to ask for help, and maybe for me, sometimes I can think of, I'll talk to my friends and they'll say, how's work? And, you know, there's that like, oh, everything's great. And then there's that, is everything great because you want people to feel like everything's great and everything isn't really great? Mm. Or... Or is there something that you're kind of wondering, gosh, this doesn't feel right. And I think there's definitely been times where I've gone to lunch with some of my good friends who, who will say, how are things going at work? And I said, oh yeah, there's this thing. And then we'll talk through what it is. And they've helped me assess how big of a deal that thing is to me and to who I am and to what's important to me. And when someone's participated in that and they help you get to the point where you're like, oh, maybe it's time for you to start looking for something else, then they help, mm -hmm. right? Then they start to reach out to their network. And I'd say I've done that a, a, quite a bit where I'm kind of brainstorming this thing and how do I, how do you think I tackle this with someone in my tribe, in my, in my you know, pods of, of professional friends? Um, and I have quite a few of them that, that I'll, I'll talk to then they start to think of you when, when things come. And I like to do that too. When recruiters call me, I like to have a couple of people on my list that I refer them to. I don't like to just like say no or not respond. I like to, when, when I get that LinkedIn thing, I like to know the person like, oh no, I'm not really looking right now, but you should call this person. So after a few years, Christy went on to work for Claritas, a marketing company that helps businesses make data-driven business decisions. So she was looking for a job and she heard about the company through one of her friends who referred her and invited her to interview. She was there for about eight years and one of the biggest learning lessons she describes was a time that she had realized she didn't really need to rely on anyone for validation. She felt confident in what she was doing. One of the hardest things that happened for me at Claire's House, I didn't realize at the time, but I'd been working with a really amazing leader, under a really amazing leader, uh, when I was in Los Angeles at Claritas. And when she left, she relocated to the East Coast, to headquarters. And when um, 
I didn't realize how much I'd been leaning on her. So she was my boss. She left. She she was no longer my boss after she left and took on in, in a different position. And so I was reporting to the person who headed the office there. He's fantastic, really brilliant. Um, in fact, maybe a little bit intimidatingly brilliant, but his approach wasn't, he was always approachable. He, he'd never like, he would never be like, oh my gosh, that you're, you know, you're so stupid for asking that. That was never, he never made you even feel that way. But I remember at one point in time, I had to do something for a client. Um, we were doing a lot of work for, um, and, and I'd independently be working with a big bank, you know, um, yeah. like Bank of America. And I'd run into a challenge that they had with their marketing strategy and would have to, it'd be something that was never solved before. Maybe like, should their branches be in these locations or, or you know, what's the customer data say about that? And I remember I got into one that was really particularly tough. I think there was some modeling involved, which was I was a little bit insecure about um, about my ability to 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 do that kind of work. And I remember thinking, oh, this person's not here. What am I going to do? How am I going to solve that? And I remember thinking that I wanted to call her and and have her have her like explain it to me. And I had that moment where um, where I I and this was a self realization where I was like wait a minute, you can do this. Why do you feel like you need, it was almost like I needed that validation that, that the approach that I thought was, was solid and that I somehow felt like I couldn't do it without her. And, um, and so that moment of like, gosh, she's not anymore, but, but you can do it, right? You can do it yourself. And you know what, if I would have called her, she would have said exactly that. Like, why are you calling me? You know, your stuff, do this. And so I remember, I remember thinking that, and I've thought that about myself as a leader, uh, after that, like making sure that I'm not also fueling that within within my my uh, teams, where they feel like they have to come to me to get permission, or um, trying to make sure that that they also have that that confidence to know that hey, you can you can do this, you got this. Yeah, in a way, she was like your she was like the training wheels on your bike, and then when the training wheels were gone, you were like, oh my god, can I ride a bike? And then you actually tried it, and it worked. That's right. That's absolutely right. Like, wow, I've got this. I'm surprising myself. So, um, yeah. So Christy finally decided she would go get her MBA. And after finishing her MBA in 1997, Christy went on to work for several companies in marketing, then eventually landed at SAP Concur in 2013. So after you got your MBA in 2013, you landed at, uh, at Concur. At the time, obviously, they weren't as big as they, they are now. What's the story behind how you actually even landed there? The company I was working at had changed hands, different private equity. I was that when I was looking kind of for my next thing. And I, I had some specific things I wanted to, and it was about the culture and about um, how people were um, worked together and valued and having fun as well at work and, and trusted. And so I had read about Concur. I was in, interviewing with a, a number. I was working with some recruiters and interviewing with a number of different uh, people. And um, I had someone who had worked for me who had gone to Concur. And I had someone who I had worked for who had actually hired me who had gone to Concur. So I ended up uh, reaching out to them and, and they introduced me to Concur. And uh, the first job that I applied for at Concur and, and interviewed for, I didn't get. But they did keep me in mind, you know, you know, you, that happens and they say, oh yeah, we'll keep you in mind if something comes up. Well, they did, they did keep me in mind. And uh, one of the leaders who'd interviewed me for, uh, executives who'd, who'd interviewed me for that first role referred me to this next role. Mm -hmm. And um, they ended up, I just ended up, uh, I really like the, the person that had hired me in that second role. And uh, so I ended up taking that second role and ending up being the head of, uh, of enterprise marketing uh, for North America, for Concur. Then just 
In fact, that first rule ended up reporting up under me uh, for a while after that. So uh, it ended up kind of uh, growing and, and having tons of fun. And and uh, yeah, that's how it came about. I was referred by both someone who worked for me and someone that uh, that I had worked for. Hey guys, thank you for sticking around and listening to Christy's story. We are now at the last segment of our show called Connection Section Questions, where we ask questions that allow you to get to know our guests on a much deeper level. If you were to meet the 25-year-old Christy, what advice would you give to her? Yeah, I I would say um, you're enough. Like you you uh, go for it. Don't be afraid. Don't 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 hold back. Don't wait. Don't think that you're not going to have time for your kids. What what in your life do you feel like has given you the greatest sense of fulfillment? My family, just overall, just that that. I just have a good family all the way back, you know, every, every, not, not just my immediate, my kids, like, gosh, yeah. But my dad, like we just, we're tight. Obviously you still have like a long career in life ahead of you, you know, kind of foreseeing the future. If you could be remembered for just one thing, what would, what would you want that to be? It would be that I've made a difference for people just individually, just that people who knew me could think and say, Oh yeah, I remember that thing. Even if it's one little thing. I remember that thing that Christy did for me. I remember her for that. In your opinion, what do you feel like the most important life skill is? Listening. To really hear. Listening to hear. Are you listening so that you have your next answer? Or are you listening because you really want to hear and understand and learn? And I was going to say empathy, and I was like, that's not really a skill, is it? I don't know. But then I think when I mean empathy, I when I was thinking of empathy, I was like, no, with empathy only comes if you really listen. What's the best advice that someone has ever given you? I'm going to name the person, Steve Kinsler, because I let him know this. I let him know this recently, and I, I thanked him for it, and I actually used it, I think, in a, an article. I don't know if it got published or anything, but... Um, Steve Kinsler, who I worked with at the Wall Street Journal, uh, and we're still connected on LinkedIn. And he, at one point I was struggling with something and he said to me, you're sounding like a victim. And he said, I know you don't want to be a victim. You're not a victim, are you? And I said, no, I'm not. He said, so, so take charge, own this, lean in. This is yours. What's holding you back? And I say that a lot now. I, when when people come to me with things and they'll say, I really want to do this or I can't get to do that, I'll say, what's holding you back? What's holding you back? Um, and then the last one is, and my personal favorite is, if you were stranded on an island and you had access to one meal, what would that meal be for you? <laughs> that's so true. To, that's so true to my life. No. <laughs> um, well, and, and um, gosh, You'll, you'll know how Pacific Northwest and that my dad's a commercial fisherman. It would be wild salmon, salmon barbecued it. wild salmon. Yes. I knew it. How did I know? An apple pie. <laughs> right, right. Apple pie. <laughs> Thank you so, so much for listening. Now, if you enjoyed the episode, please, please, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It means so much to us. It only takes a few seconds, but it means the world to us if you just leave us a quick rating and review. I hope to see you again next week, and I wish you a wonderful, exciting 2021 full of amazing opportunities.